the show. It's Dylan James. And we have a lot to talk about this week. And some playoffs have started. Some playoffs will be starting tomorrow for the NBA. NHL is already heating up as we thought it would. And several blowouts in the first round so far in the NHL, which we'll talk about during our hockey segment later. But across the table from me, as always, is JT Taylor. And there's a lot of big news coming out this week. Yeah, Dylan, a lot of good news to get going in the sports world this week. But before we get into that, uh, Dylan, how was your week? Uh, The week was good. The week was really, really good. I've been extremely busy at work, but it's been fantastic. Easter week was insane. For Disney as a whole, we had a ton of guests in the park. It's probably the busiest or second busiest time of the year for the parks. So it was insane with people. We had so many people, but we had a great time though. It was still a lot of fun at work and um, I've just been kind of following sports and following my predators. How about you, JT? Yeah, Dylan, it's been a good week for me. Been pretty busy with Under Armour, of course, but and Disney. My nervous schedule was literally work, off, work, off, and work. Like last night, tonight I'm off, and then I'll be there tomorrow. So, unfortunately, I'll miss game two of the Cavs, but I'll do what I did last night, record the game, and then get up early, like I did this morning, 6.30, watch the game. Jeez. So I get my own perspective. All right. So we'll talk about that later. Okay. And then, you know, uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, man, on my days off at Under Armour, I just try to catch up on lunch sports as I can, man. So... Speaking of sports, let's get into it, Dylan. Let's do it. We got some football news to talk about. Uh, As it broke, was it yesterday or last night? They announced the NFL says uh, goodbye, Color Rush Unis. Yeah, the funny thing is they they did this after the Titans presented their new jerseys, which... Which we talked about last week. Which we talked about last week. I don't understand why they came out with this now. I don't know why they didn't decide to do it at the beginning of the year, but... Oh, well, uh, it looks like we will no longer have Color Rush jerseys, and we don't have to worry about the eyesores on Thursday Night Football. They're, they're talking about gimmicks, and they were they were thinking that the Color Rush jersey was going to be successful, but it turns out in the, what, three years we had it, the three seasons I think it was, it wasn't very successful at all. We didn't really pull in too many numbers when it came to people watching the Color Rush games because they weren't good matchups most of the time. But they said they're going to stop with the gimmicks, and they're just going to have a very, very good schedule for Thursday Night Football. So we'll see what happens on Thursday Night Football this year. But Color Rush jerseys are out the door, and it is a very, very good decision by the league, very good decision by by uh, Fox Sports. Yeah, I just don't think that jerseys will look good on Fox Sports, who has the rights this year. Uh, I think we don't know who's going to be the broadcasting team, but a lot of people think Troy Aikman and Joe Buck might be the team that's going to do it. For Thursday night football, but uh, I'm still haunting with like the the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets with those uh, color rush jerseys they had. The Jaguars, oh my! Yeah, they were awful. I don't have to see those again at least. Oh well, yeah, we don't have to see any of these at least anymore. Um, I, the funny thing is, I just want to know what happens with those jerseys, especially for the Titans, when since they just released those jerseys last week. I want to know what they kind of do with those this year. If they actually do utilize them throughout the year sometime. Or they just say, you know what, let's just get rid of them. I think the NFL teams will still wear them for this season. It's just, it'll be like a third alternate jersey, just like we see in, in hockey. Some teams wear those crazy 
alternate jerseys. Now, I know the NHL didn't have it this year. They'll have it next year or next season. But, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a trend thing. Like, you know, we see the NBA, like Cleveland with their jerseys. It says the land or Philadelphia. It says Phila. Instead of Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get that. So I mean, They have social media night, too, putting their hashtags or putting their usernames oh, on their oh, back oh, of their jerseys oh, yeah, and all that kind of so, stuff, too. So At least it hasn't gotten that crazy yet. Yeah, NFL, true. I think that's the trend that, hopefully not that trend, but they're using third jerseys and alternate jersey just as a one-off for two games kind of the season. We'll just wait for those nickname jerseys until the XFL comes back. I think XFL, they will, they, they will bring those back. <laughs> Quote me. I mean, they will bring those back. They definitely will. So, moving to uh, the Colts quarterback situation, Andrew Luck had his first interview since the injury, since um, coming back to off-season workouts, and he's optimistic about returning to the field for the 2018 season, although, as of right now, he says he's not 100% in terms of being an athlete. So, take that however you will. I think that Andrew Luck is still hurting. I think that he is still injured. I think that they're trying to cast this bright light on him and make him look like, oh, yes, our savior is coming back. But I don't know. I I really don't know. He hasn't thrown a football yet. uh, Or as he called it, the Duke. He hasn't thrown the Duke yet. So I don't know what's going to happen in in Indianapolis. I don't know what's going to happen with the Colts. We'll see if Andrew Luck is able to play this season. We'll see if he'll be able to throw the ball around before the first game of the season. It sounds like he won't be expected to play in the preseason, but they are shooting for a week one return for Andrew Luck, and that would be huge news for the Colts. He is the catalyst for that team, and he's the reason why he would bring these misfits together and take them to the playoffs when he was playing I mean he's a he's a great player he definitely is he does a lot for that team but if he's not on the field then they are getting nowhere close to the playoffs no I agree Dylan and the Colts they kind of have a more pressing need on defense than offense because they lost they like they did not re-sign a Rashawn Melvin they let Vontae Davis go so the draft even though they have this number six pick I think a lot of people speculate the Colts try to take another quarterback if Andrew Luck can't stay healthy. I don't see that happening. I personally think that they're going to go with a, a, def- a safety or like a defensive back position because that's what they urgently need right now. And Andrew Luck, he, I think he just wants, as a precaution, take the season off and just get himself healthy, get himself upright. And we'll see how it is, Dylan, when the preseason rolls around, how he plays, because that's going to be the determining factor. If he gets through OTAs, gets through training camp, Gets to the preseason pre okay. I expect him to play week one of the season, but if he says he's not healthy and by August he's still not healthy, the Colts are going to have to uh, stick with Jacoby Brissett for a little longer until he's ready to go. You can't rush him because you don't want to give him another injury and then he's out longer or could be career ending. You don't want to risk that. Do you see him playing a game in the preseason this year? Well, he didn't play. A couple games last year until he got hurt, so he has to get his team back in rhythm. He's been off; he hasn't played. Yeah, so he's got to get back in rhythm. But team. if he has OTAs, if he has practice, if he has team practice, you know, I think that he'll still get those reps in. Yeah, he's gonna get reps. I mean, he's not gonna play the entire preseason. No, he, he might play a couple quarters or a couple series, and then we know the third, fourth preseason game he'll be rested. But he, he's got to get reps somewhere. He's got to get game experience. He hasn't played. If I was a Colts fan, I'd be worried still, though, that he has still not thrown a football yet. 
He has still not put his hand on the pigskin to toss it around yet. And that's very, very, that's a red flag for me that in, in my mind. I mean, I think that if Andrew Luck were progressing the way he should be, he should have thrown a football by now. And with him not throwing a football by now, it just, the red flag just goes straight up in my mind. So if I'm a Colts fan, I would be very, very concerned moving into this season. I would hope that Jacoby Brissett is your answer for right now. I mean, last year he wasn't. We, we watched what he put on the field last year every Sunday, and it was a, not a pretty picture at all. So you have to look at, you know, is there a quarterback in the draft that might drop that you could pick up maybe in a later round? Maybe see if you can pull a Tom Brady. Get somebody in there, a young guy that is not really on the radar of anybody else and, and get him in, in one of the later draft rounds and see if he could be the savior for this team because Andrew Luck, if he's not throwing the football yet, and if he's not throwing the football by, I'd say, right after the draft. I mean, if he's still not throwing the football middle of the summer, that's going to be very, very concerning for me. Very concerning. All right, Dylan. Well, speaking of a quarterback that is trying to get back on the field, a quarterback that is trying to make a comeback, your boy, Dylan, Johnny Manziel. Whoop, whoop. He made his debut this past week in the Spring League. It was broadcast on the Bleacher Report Live, which is like their Turner Sports streaming network, like ESPN Plus right now. So, Johnny Manziel did well. His first game, he got a touchdown. And then the second game, which was yesterday, he got two touchdowns. So, Johnny Manziel, so far looking good, Dylan. What do you think his performance so far? I mean, I think it's great. The first game, like you said, he got the first touchdown the first game, and then he ran for two touchdowns in the second game. He had a 50-yard completion in the second game, too. I mean, like, he is doing the right things. I think he's producing a lot, and, and he's showing NFL teams that he can still play. Even though it might not be the same level as the NFL, it's still guys that are vying for spots on NFL rosters. So they have some sort of skill level. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying they're elite players at all. I'm not saying that at all. But I, I think that he's doing the right things. He is piquing the interest of many NFL GMs right now. They say that his potential is through the roof, that he can be a he could be a great NFL quarterback. And I think he can be. I think if he continues the what the what what he's doing right now, if he continues everything he's doing correctly and doesn't get back to drugs and partying and alcohol and stuff, I, I think he'll be a great player. And I think that a team will be very, very lucky to have him on the roster. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe even the Colts, like we just talked about. The Colts need a quarterback because Jacoby Brissett is not going to be the answer there unless he does some extensive work in the offseason. Un- unless he is, I don't know. I don't know who will need to come in to help him, but if he's able to turn it around, maybe. But if, if Johnny Manziel's out there and he's doing what he's doing in in the spring league, I mean, why not bring him in? Why not, why not try him? See what happens in the NFL because he, he can scramble. Johnny Manziel, as we saw in this second spring league game, I mean, him running two touchdowns in. I mean, he can still scramble. He's still got the legs. He's still got the motor. He's still got the arm. So, you know, we'll have to see what happens. I, hopefully an NFL team does pick him up because he does deserve a shot in the NFL. And if he keeps producing, he's going to get that shot very, very soon. Well, we'll keep you posted on that, guys. Now on to some, the NFL draft. The NFL draft is less than two weeks away. Dylan's on, I think it's April 26th, I believe, is when it's supposed to start. Yeah. So 
there's been a lot of speculation. Teams trying to move up, teams trying to move down, teams trying to make picks or trades. There's been speculation dealing about the Patriots that they might make a run at Lamar Jackson. Now they got uh, the trade with um, the Rams last week. So the other team that's been speculating, the Giants and Bills, that they might swap picks. Giants have the number three pick. The Bills are up there as well. So, Dylan, what, what do you think is going to happen with two weeks to go in the draft? It's been a lot of quarterback-heavy draft. That's what everyone's been talking about. But where else are you seeing that might be moving around as the first round approaches? Well, I see that the Broncos are looking at moving down in the first round. So that kind of tells me they're not necessarily looking for a quarterback. So I think they've found their answer at quarterback with Case Keenum as of right now. I think that's that's their guy. That's the guy they want to go to. So, I mean, we'll just have to see. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of movement in this draft. This draft is going to be very, very um, quick. It's going to be very, very it's, – it's just going to come up on us, and I think it's going to – scare some people to see how much movement there's going to be because it's going to be absolutely crazy at the draft. Um, and I, th- I think there's going to be way more trades than just the Bills and the Giants trading picks. I think there's going to be a lot more trading going on. And who knows? Maybe these teams will come out looking completely different from what they did last year. But, uh, you know, I think that it'll be very interesting. I think it'll be a a draft to watch this year because it's going to be... Very, very trade-heavy and very methodical. So we'll see what happens. I mean, and, and Cleveland Browns, you know, you look at their team, you look at, you know, what picks they have, and they can get even better than what they are right now on paper. So, you know, maybe this might be a year that they do well. Maybe this is a year they win, you know, more than two games in a season. So, or just one, just one game. That would be even better than last year. So what do you think? No, Gorilla, no, Dylan, excuse me. Drilling? What the heck? <laughs> uh, I do agree that the draft is going to be some moves. The most interesting move that I'm interested in seeing is just the, you know, the carousel of the quarterbacks because there's so many quarterback needy teams. You know, the Browns and you got the Giants and Jets up there. Of course, the Patriots trying to get in, in the top 10 to see what they can get, especially with Tom Brady. And, you know, I'm interested, are they going to – Still keep Tom Brady for two, three years, and then trade the next the next guy they draft, like they did with Jimmy Garoppolo. So we'll see. The Eagles are up there as well. We'll see what the Eagles are going to do, and not the top ten, but towards the bottom. But we'll see what the Eagles do to the Super Bowl champs and the Titans. You know, we're kind of in the mid rounds, late rounds. So we'll see what we can do in the late rounds. See what late pick we can steal. So the drama, Dylan, I see is it's going to be the top of the top ten picks, of course. But at the bottom, when there's like a player that. Maybe drop further than what we expected. They might start trading up to get a star caliber player. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be exciting, Dylan, a couple weeks away. We won't be doing a draft preview like we did last year, like mock picks and stuff. But we're still going to follow it. Maybe do a shorter pick, like top 10 pick. Maybe so. A couple so. episodes and see who we think is going to get picked. Because last year, that draft episode was very, very long. <laughs> and Two hours was, special. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very, very long. It wasn't the... Uh... The most thought out thing we've done on this show. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And speaking of quarterbacks, let's go over to Seattle. Seattle, uh, they actually had a chance to work out Colin Kaepernick. They decided to postpone that workout. And now it looks like they pretty much canceled the workout because they just signed a quarterback, Stephen Morris. He was a free agent quarterback that was on the board. So they decided to pick him up. So it looks like Colin Kaepernick's not going to the Seattle Seahawks anymore. But Colin had an opportunity 
to work out with the Seahawks, but guess what happened? His controversy was looming, and he, they said, you know what? We have to reevaluate if you're actually going to protest or not this season, and then we'll schedule another workout. But before they scheduled another workout, I guess they got their answer because they decided to go with Stephen Morris instead of working out Colin Kaepernick. So what do you think about this whole Colin Kaepernick thing? Do you think it's fair that the Seattle Seahawks postponed his workout and potentially I mean, just didn't sign him? Well, Seattle, you know, like I said, Dylan, the the NFL's a business, and <clears throat> after what happened last year with the protests and everything, you know, teams are very sensitive about players signing that they're going to be a distraction. You know, it's crazy because in the NBA, they allow, like, the players to pro, not, like, protest, but, like, you know, speak their mind freely and all that kind of stuff, and the NFL's not like that. You know, you hurt the brand, hurt the shield, all that. Roger Goodell, we, 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 that's a story for another day. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's just how... The NFL is so protected by their business, and, and Colin Kaepernick, you know, it's unfortunate. I, I understand he wants to stick with what he believes in, but at the same time, like Colin Kaepernick, if you want to play, this is something you kind of have to realize. I mean, RG three, look, he got assigned by the Ravens. He knew the only way he was going to get a job is if he accepted being a backup quarterback. Yeah. He wasn't going to be a starter. No, he so wasn't. So Colin Kaepernick, last year we thought because of the money and he wanted to be a starter, and that's why. He, he wasn't getting signed, but it was more than that. And I feel Con Kaepernick, if he wants to play somewhere this season, he's going to have to do the same thing. Yeah, he's going to have to accept that backup role. He's going to have to accept that, you know, maybe protesting the way he was was not the way to go about things. And I, I think he's come to that realization, or he should have come to that realization by now. But if he hasn't, because, I mean, this whole Seattle Seahawks workout didn't, it fell through completely and it crumbled in front of him. Um, I think that, he does need to look at this. He does need to look at his, his life. He needs to look at his decisions and say, you know what? From now on, if I need to protest, I'm going to go do something else besides kneel during the national anthem. Because do something that's more related to what you're protesting. That's all you have to do. And again, it's a business. The shield is the shield. When you're in the league, you are protecting the shield. And if you do anything to tarnish that shield... Hell hath no fury because they're just going to demolish you. It, it, it's n- it's not going to be a good thing for your career. It's not a good thing for Colin Kaepernick's career. It's still looming over his head. So he just needs to sit down, reevaluate things, and see if this is actually what he wants to do. If not it's not, that, Dylan, you know, in the NFL, there's no guaranteed contracts. I mean, like you get all that money up front, but if you're struggling, all that they're going to cut you. Like yeah. just games. You know, that's that's what happens. It's not like the NBA or the NHL where you get all that money up front and later on you get less because you're going to be a free agent down the road. So the NFL, it's just no no fun. There's a reason why they call it the no fun league. Even in contracts, it's the same thing. You mess up something, you out the door pretty yeah. much. And he was out the door very, very quickly after his protest. So we'll see if there's any additional updates in the coming weeks heading into the draft, heading into OTAs. Um, with Colin Kaepernick and see if he lands somewhere this season. And we'll also see if he lands somewhere before Johnny Manziel does, which I still don't think he will. Let's move on to Steve Spurrier and the new Alliance of American Football League. Steve Spurrier was named the first coach in the league, and he is going to be coaching the Orlando team. It's a new professional team coming here in 2019. It's going to be a huge thing for the city of Orlando. It'll be great for us because we get to, you know, have another team to watch here in Orlando. It actually a professional football team, even though it's not going to be the NFL, but still it's going to be close to it. So, JT, does this league intrigue you, first of all? And second of all, do you think Steve Spurrier will do enough 
Is he a big enough name to draw in a crowd for these games? That I don't know, Dylan. That's going to be determined, especially because the new Orlando team is going to be playing at Spectrum Stadium, which is the home of the UCF Knights. So what the league is intriguing to me only because it's going to be right after the Super Bowl next year, and I think it's 10-week season. They're going to have eight teams, National League, be televised on CBS and CBS Sports Network. And it's kind of like a developmental league like that's not affiliated with the NFL, but it's going to give players that are free agents or maybe – up-and-coming college kids, not playing, but, you know, that weren't picked that can sign and try to get them skills developed to maybe get signed by an NFL team by the summer. What's intriguing to me in the league is, and I think the NFL is going to be watching this closely, Dylan, is, one, when they score a touchdown, there's no extra points. They have to go for a two-point conversion. Two, Dylan, there will be no kickoffs at all at this game. No kickoffs. So you start from, like, the 25-yard line. Kind of like OT, like an OT in college football. I just don't like that. The play clock's like only going to be 30 seconds instead of 40 like they get in the NFL. And the coaches are going to have two challenges like throughout the entire game. So they have some interesting rules that they're going to play with. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But Orlando, yeah, like you said, Dylan, it's very excited because we have a, a professional team that we can call our own because we know Dylan, an NFL team ain't coming here anytime soon. And, you know, Orlando... We've seen it in other sports where the Magic, okay, I know they haven't done well, and we'll talk about them later, but they always have good attendance. Of course, Orlando City, they've gotten a lot of fans show up to their games. Orlando Solo Bears, since they've returned in hockey, they've done pretty well. They're in the playoffs right now. So Orlando has shown that they can support sport teams, even though Orlando's been considered like a tourist town, like Vegas, and nobody goes to games, but they've done it. They've they, done it. The they fans have. have shown up. The attendance has been great for Orlando teams. I think that with this league, I, I think it's going to draw a crowd. Only thing I don't like about it is that if we're setting these players up for success, if we're setting them up for the next stage, which is for college and for the American uh, Alliance of American Football League, it's the next stage is the NFL. So if we're setting up them up for success in the NFL, why do we have these rules that are completely different from the NFL? Like for for college football, for instance, you only have to get one foot in bounds. Well, yeah, I feel you have two. You have to get two. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that train those college kids to get two feet in bounds to where when they get to the NFL, they know how to do it. Like I, I just don't understand why they have to have these rules that are completely different, D- acting as though they're their own separate entity and they're not associated whatsoever because there is an association there. Because they are trying, they are striving for the next step in the NFL to make it big. So these developmental leagues, you know, we've talked about it for years. They've wanted to have farm teams for NFL teams. Developmental leagues are great, but at the same time, again, keep the same rules as the NFL. If you do that, I think that that makes it more successful. That makes these players more successful in the league when they get there. No, it makes sense, Dylan. I agree with you there because we've seen it in other sports, MLB, the MILB, which is the minor league association for the minor league for baseball, and the NHL, the AHL, the ECHL, they all have similar rules. And then, of course, the NBA has the G League. So, you know, I totally see what you're going with, Dylan. It's just the time is different because they're starting February to, like, I guess May or June, where in the NFL, it usually starts in the fall, September to, like, January. So, because the leagues are online, that's probably why they're not doing it. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll have to wait until more information comes out. They said more information is going to come out in the league in June because that's when they're going to announce the rest of their teams. It's interesting to know since they brought in Steve Spurrier because 
Last time we saw him, he was at South Carolina. He's already telling people, hey, if Tim Tebow is still looking for a job in football, maybe I might want to bring him in to play football for our Orlando team. And if Tim Tebow comes, we know he's going to put butts in seats. He's going to put butts in seats. He's going to sell jerseys. I think that that's the thing Steve Spurrier needs to do to make it successful. Bring in Florida talent. I mean, that's the biggest thing we need to do because all these Floridian fans, they have so many fans from Gainesville, from Tampa, from Jacksonville that love local products. And so when you have local products on the field, players from UCF, players from Florida State, players from UF, then they will put butts in seats. And so if Tim Tebow's there, that's a game changer. I think that that is your splash signing of the season, and you will sell tickets. Not only that, what if they get Johnny Manziel next year? I, I still think Johnny Manziel will he go might to, be the CFL more he'll go likely, to the CFL more likely than the NFL. Yeah, or the NFL. So I, I still think, again, I still think Johnny Manziel will be in the NFL. Maybe Colin Kaepernick. Maybe he might play in that league. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So. It has American written in the title, so oh. I'm not sure yeah. if that would be a good <laughs> marriage there. But we'll see. Anyway, uh, let's move on to some basketball news. There were some college players who declared for the draft. JT, you got a list of those players? Well, Trey Young, he's declared for the draft. Uh, Muhammad Bamba, who plays for Texas, he's going to be going to the draft this year. Of course, the guy to make big news this week coming out of the draft, Villanova, Miles, not Miles Bridges, he's Michigan State, I'm sorry, Mikael Bridges, I got him mixed up there. But he's going to be in the draft, and right now, as I'm looking at the mock draft, a lot of people think that the player from Real Madrid, not the soccer team, the basketball team, uh, Luka Doncic, a lot of people think he's going to be the top pick for the Phoenix Suns, and He's uh, an all-around player, it looks like. And the Phoenix Suns, they don't have a lot of those. The Phoenix Suns were awful this year, so they got to change something. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, the center from Arizona, he's going to be in the draft as well. A lot of people think the, your boys, the Memphis Grizzlies, might take him with the second pick. Dallas Mavericks have the first, the third pick. Those are going to pick on Jaron Jackson. Looks like a lot of mock picks are picking him. So we'll see. The Orlando Magic, they're saying that they could get Trey Young as the, they had the number five pick. And that's going to be interesting because Trey Young was one of the top freshmen in Oklahoma this season. So if he goes to the Magic, that could be a game changer because the Magic, Dylan, have not done well this season. Uh, a lot of people are speculating what we're going to do with players. Like, we have Jonathan Isaac, we have Aaron Gordon, but Aaron Gordon's looking for a max contract. So you got to keep him. And if you get Trey Young, and you know, the Magic, depending who's going to be the coach, because now we don't have a coach, we'll talk about that in a minute, you know. <laughs> yeah. They could maybe make the Magic relevant again because the Magic just have been awful. Even though we have good attendance, the Magic just haven't been consistent. The Miami Heat, Dylan, like three months ago, were not a playoff team. Then they get Dwayne Wade back, and now they're going to the playoffs. Yeah. What's going on? It's, you know? it's an insane league. Um, but you talk about the Orlando Magic. You, you say that their attendance is good. It is good. I went to a game this season. Yeah, they averaged 17,900 fans. So they've done pretty good. Yes. It's a very touristy sport though mm-hmm. there are a, very, a lot of international fans oh, yeah. that come to the Orlando well, Magic NBA, games basketball is an international game so it makes it sense is, it is it makes sense a lot but I mean I wish there was a much more local following there's not really much of a local following like if you find a t-shirt here and there like there are some people out there in Orlando that you know find you know Orlando Magic t-shirts for cheap or whatever they buy those things they walk around town saying they're fans of the Orlando Magic but they never never go to a game the tickets are so inexpensive that yeah, they're cheap. <laughs> they're cheap. Like Even for us cast members, they're cheap. Yeah, I mean, like I, I went on StubHub, got our tickets, 
We were center court. We were up in the up in the sky, but still center court. We got our tickets for like fifteen bucks a piece. That was with fees and everything, like just insane. So I, I think that if a local following followed the team more, I think that we'd have to get behind it. But uh, again, we have to put a good product on the court for a local following to to be there. And I mean, with international fans, of course they're going to go to a, a you know an Orlando Magic game because it is it is an international sport. Even if the product isn't good, which hopefully with the departure of our head coach, um, hopefully that changes. So let's actually move over to that. Frank Vogel got got kicked out of Orlando very, very quickly after the, the last game of the season. Although he did win the last game of the season, 101-92, to right? Yeah, they won the last game, and then less than 24 hours later... The Atlantic Magic ownership's like, nope, you got to go. So, well, he had a record of like 50. 54, 110. 54 wins and 110 losses in two seasons. That's 33%, folks. So the About Magic 33%. Are, were, were just bad. So Awful. I, I, I understand why they made the move. They, they had to. The question is, because the Magic, Dylan, since Doc Rivers left, the Magic haven't been good. We just haven't. We ran Stan Van Gunny out of town. Thanks, Dwight Howard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now the Magic have just been irrelevant. We had Jacques Vaughn from the Spurs assistant, couldn't get it done. Frank Vogel came in from after not getting it done with the Indiana Pacers, still can't get it done. So I, I think the Magic deal for head coaches are going to look at a lot of assistant coaches, unless they can somehow get that Villanova coach, Jay Wright. Well, we'll talk about Jay Wright in a moment, yeah. but uh, I don't think Orlando's getting Jay Wright. No. I don't think so either. Yes, he want, he wants to win now. Mm-hmm. I think he's that kind of coach that wants to win now, and and he doesn't want to come into a team and have a a rebuilding year or two years, three years, or for Orlando to probably be two year rebuild. But um, speaking of Jay Wright, the Knicks are actually calling him to possibly be their n- next head coach in New York. Uh, JT, do you think this is a good move for them, and do you think it would actually happen? I don't think it's going to happen, Dylan. I think he's still going to stay at Villanova. I mean, it's like the same thing when Mike Krzyzewski is winning at Duke and everyone's trying to get him to go to the NBA, and he never went. So, Jay Wright, I think he's happy at Villanova. You know you got a good team coming back that has another chance to win another national title. You've won two the last three years. Why not go for it another year and wait for a better job that comes up? I mean, Brad Stevens, same thing. Before he went to Boston Celtics, he was at the Butler, Butler University for years, and Boston finally made an offer to, that he couldn't refuse, and then he went. And look, in five years, he's built that team into a, a playoff contender that could go to the NBA Finals, even though I know they don't have Kyrie Irving. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think if I'm, I'm Jay Wright, you stay there. You stay at Villanova. And the New York Knicks, Dylan, they're awful. They're awful. They're not going to change anything. Why would you go there? Why? I mean, you got to think about it, though. I mean, if you have another year, it's kind of like the Brett Favre effect. Brett Favre, you know, went to the the, uh, NFC Championship game with the Vikings, lost that game, came back the next year, said, you know what, I'm going to go for the Super Bowl. We're going to win the Super Bowl this year with the Vikings. Got hurt in the middle of the season and ended his career on the bottom, especially. I mean, essentially. So you look at Jay Wright. Do you chance it by taking your team again to the National Championship next year, possibly? Or do you get a payday? I mean, at a certain point, you can't just expect to have the number one job in the NBA coming out of college. You know what I mean? So I think that Jay Wright needs to consider it. I, I think that it would be my, it might be a good move for him, especially in New York. That's a huge market, and if he has the right players come there, which I think he would he would 
be able to draft the right players, be able to bring in the right players and recruit the right players. So if he wants to come to the NBA, this might be a good chance for him. New York is a great market to be in. And the Knicks, they are one of those perennial basketball teams um, over the past 20, 30 years. So if there's a job to take right now in the NBA, if I were Jay Wright, I would actually consider taking the Knicks job. I think it's a good job for him, a good starting job in the NBA, and uh, we can see where he goes from there. But that's just my opinion. Well, speaking of Philadelphia, Dylan, the 76ers, they've done really well. They've won. They finished the season winning 16 straight games, and they're going to get ready to go into the NBA playoffs as the playoffs start tomorrow, Dylan, as you mentioned. The Sixers are going to be playing the Miami Heat in the first round. So, Dylan, I think a lot of people think the Sixers can go far. I don't think they're going to go to the NBA Finals, but I think they can. They got a chance to at least make the Eastern Conference Finals, even though without Joel Embiid, they still got Ben Simmons. They got a lot of good players on the on the team there. So, the Sixers, Dylan, I think they'll give you the Heat pretty easily in probably five, six games. I mean, the Heat, they just got Dwayne Wade. So, <laughs> I don't know if they have much else more than that. But I think the Sixers, Dylan, are going to do, even without Joel and me, they'll, they'll get to the first round okay. Yeah, I think the Sixers can do good. I think um, some of the matchups to look at, I would look at both sides. So, Western Conference, I would probably have to look at, you know, you look at the Blazers and Pelicans, that might be a good series, actually. Um, that's probably the closest seeded matchup we have in the Western Conference, besides Thunder and Jazz. But... Um, we'll talk about that later. But, I mean, Blazers and Pelicans would look like a pretty good series. Um, also, you look at the Cavs and Pacers. I mean, if this was a few years ago, I think it might have been a closer series. I don't think the Pacers are going to be a good match for the Cavaliers. I think the Cavaliers are going to take him, take them to the uh, take him to the wheelhouse in that game and decide to, um, yeah, move on to the next round. And they'll probably make it to the conference final again the Eastern Conference Final. I don't really see a team that... I mean, the Raptors may challenge them in the second round, but I, I still think the Cavaliers will make it to the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, do, will they make it to the finals? Uh, we'll see. We'll see if the Celtics have anything to say about that. Or maybe, again, the Sixers may make a, a big run this year. So um, maybe the Cavaliers make it. Maybe they don't. But we'll just have to wait and see. I'm just worried, Dylan, that the Cavaliers might be exhausted. I mean, let's face it. LeBron makes it to another final. This will be his eighth straight... NBA Finals appearance. And I just think, I'm just worried that Cleveland's going to wear out. I mean, look at Golden State right now. People are putting Golden State on upset alert against my Spurs, even though I don't feel confident that my Spurs, even though Kawhi's probably not going to play this series, and LaMarcus Aldridge is going to have to carry a team now. I mean, we still got a chance. Don't get me wrong. We still got a chance, but I just think the Warriors will somehow find a way to beat us. We won't get swept like last year. At least that's not happening. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think it's going to be a, a six, seven game series, and the Warriors will find a way to pull it out. The, the interesting series that I have, in the, as you mentioned, in the Western Conference, I mean, I think Houston, they're going to blow out the, the, the T Wolves. I don't think the T Wolves have much of a chance there. But I think interesting, I'm really serious in it, is the Trailblazers and the Pelicans, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, the Pelicans with uh, Anthony Davis and uh, Buki Cousins, and you got the Trailblazers, you know, with all their players they got up there in, in Portland. That's going to be a really back-and-forth series. Utah and Oklahoma City, the Thunder, that could be an interesting series as well. But I think the Thunder, Dylan, are going to pull out of that series against the Utah Jazz. And it's going to be a very fun NBA playoffs. But I think, Dylan, it's going to be between, 
and the West, it's going to be Houston, Golden State, maybe Oklahoma City. Those three teams, I think, will come out the West. And the East, it's going to be either Boston, Toronto, or Cleveland. That's who's going to, or maybe Philadelphia. I'm sorry, Boston's going to have Kyrie. So Philadelphia, Cleveland, and Toronto. Those are the three teams that see coming out of the East. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on to hockey. Our favorite subject, or my favorite subject, anyway. So the playoffs were, yeah, they're now, now in full swing. They started this week on Wednesday. And before that, though, we did have a tragedy that hit. Um, so we want to send, extend our condolences to everyone affected in the Humboldt tragedy in Canada. And um, we hopefully, it's great to see the hockey community come together. You've seen a lot of pictures online of players, of teams putting hockey sticks on their, their houses, uh, yeah. yeah, in front of their houses, in front of their office in the, in the NHL office, they actually put it in front of the office. They had a, a few sticks out there. Yeah, we've had some coworkers at work. Uh, JP, because he's a big Maple Leafs fan, he told me he he didn't say put a hockey stick in front of his uh, his uh, his house there. So, uh, yeah, again, just want to send my condolences to everyone up in Canada and around the world has been affected by the humble tragedy, which is so sad because it broke like last Friday. So when this all went down, and it, like you said, the hockey community coming together. Uh, the players getting around the ice, you know, holding hands and, you know, moment of silence, uh, doing GoFundMe accounts, raising money. I think I saw somewhere, I think they mentioned last night in the Caps game, they raised, like, I think over $10 million, something like that. Something then, like that, yeah. And then I know on NHL discussion, because that's who I follow them on, on, on Instagram, they said so far they've raised, like, $15,000. Wow. So a lot of people are getting behind the cause. One of my friends bought a shirt. It says on her Instagram, it says Humboldt Strong. Okay. So they're saying that people buy these shirts, the money that they make, the proceeds go to the families, support the families. That's awesome. There and that. so that's, that's awesome. Nice them seeing people doing that. So the high community getting strong, people wearing, I saw Bruce Broger wore the green um, ribbon on his thing to support that. Mm-hmm. Niagara Falls, they just dyed the river in, in the colors of that team. So it's good to see that hockey community getting behind that team. Uh, the SJHL, they said they're going to continue playing in the playoffs despite what happened. And Humboldt, they're saying the Broncos are not going away. They're not going to disband the team. When the teams really get players, they will come back the following season. So that's going to be great to hear that. So, again, Dylan, we're happy to see the community get back and support that team and hope that team, despite everything they went through, they'll get back, come back strong. And also, even though I don't like Sidney Crosby, he actually sent out signed jerseys and notes to all of the survivors in that in that incident. Um, and uh, j- just players like that are, are stepping up and doing great things for these these players that are still there and um, the families and survivors. It's it's just great to see that the hockey community, like you said, just coming together and supporting everybody as if they're one big family, which they are. So um, it's a very sad tragedy, but we will rise above this, and I'm sure Humboldt will come out very, very strong um, in the end. So let's talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. Let's talk about the first-round matchups we had here. We had several blowouts. The big blowout we saw on Wednesday night were the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Philadelphia t- Flyers. And I only got two words to say about that game. Touchdown, Penguins! <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was... I mean, when you give up the first goal in the first three minutes of the game, you know you're going to have a bad night. That, that was a really bad night. <laughs> and I, I don't think they've recovered from that night yet. And they had to play them again tonight, so yeah, I, I don't know about that game. But that was, uh, I don't know what happened. It, it just it just snowballed. I didn't watch S- the Sydney game, Crosby but when I a, saw my fold, they were down 3 nothing. I was in the first period. I was like, oh, this is over. Sidney Crosby got a hat trick in that game, I believe. Um, it's just, it's one of those things that only the Pittsburgh Penguins would do that. And they did. And they 
defeat the Flyers very handedly. One of the good games that night was actually the Jets versus the Minnesota Wild. They actually, really that game. was a very good game, very close game the entire game. Uh, ended with a 3-2 score in favor of the Jets. Golden Knights won. 1-0 to zero against the Kings. Drew Doughty actually got handed a one-game suspension after that game after an illegal check. So he's out for a while. Uh, we have some other players that may be getting phone calls from the Department of Player Safety today, um, one of which is actually Ryan Johansson. There's actually a player safety uh, call watch on Ryan Johansson right now, I guess you could say. So hopefully we don't get a phone call. He doesn't get a phone call from them today. Because, uh, it, yeah, something happened last night. I believe there was an elbow incident um, that crashed into a player's head or something. Anyway, uh, hopefully that nothing happens from that, but we'll have to see. But last night, the Predators handed it to the Avalanche 5-2, to two, uh, and they came out really, really strong. Philip Forsberg scored two goals in that game. It is his third multi-goal game in the playoffs in his career which is fantastic for him. He is still trending upwards, and he is still continuing his strong play that he ended the season with. He's continuing in the playoffs. Then we had uh, the Lightning won 5-2 against the Devils in Tampa Bay. We had the Bruins win against the Maple Leafs 5-1. The Blue Jackets, what happened, JT? Well, Dylan, you know, like I said, as a Capitals fan, Game 1 was a typical Capitals performance. You know, we had a 2 nothing lead yep. with beautiful goals from Evgeny Kuznetsov. I oh, mean, yeah. two goals in 39 seconds. It was beautiful. Wow. Was I mean, beautiful. that was amazing. And then the Blue Jackets, you got to give them credit. They, now, before well, we got us two play, power play goals was because uh, Josh Anderson uh, boarded uh, John, uh, one of our defenders, and he was out the rest of the game, and he got a five-minute game as contact. So he basically had a five-minute power play. That's how Kuznetsov scored those two goals. And that's what, at the beginning of that game, I saw that team, and they looked so frustrated with the Capitals that they just started their sense of, I don't know, they just decided not to play their game uh, at all. It just seemed like they were flying all over the ice. They were getting frustrated. They were taking bad penalties. They were staying in the penalty box. And that's why the, the Capitals actually got up on them very, very quickly. Like those two goals in the power play sequence for five minutes. So um, great game by Kuznetsov. I mean, it, it was a great game from everybody. Um, but man, just the Blue Jackets just came back with a roaring vengeance and took yeah, it to overtime. Alexander Winberg got the first goal and then um, Seth Jones, or sorry, Thomas Vanek got the second goal, and then Seth Jones. We got we got a goal, third goal from uh, Smith Pelly. He scored the third goal. We got him from the Ducks last year, and then that's the seventh goal in the playoffs. He's had been with the Ducks, and then of course five minutes ago in the game, our Capitals undisciplined gets a penalty, and then the Blue Jackets go on the power play. Seth Jones scores the goal with like four minutes to go to tie the game. We go to overtime, and our Timmy Panarin, man, my goodness, he basically went backhand, forehand, through through two capital defensemen, and scores a goal just out of nowhere. I mean, he moves so quick, like Grubauer just didn't know what what was behind him. He didn't know he didn't see the puck. <laughs> it was like next, you know, it's in the net. It's like a messy goal or something. It was that yeah. quick. So the Caps, we lost game one. Not surprised, Dylan. I mean, the Capitals. I thought with us not winning the President's Trophy this year, it would take the pressure off. But the Capitals are still under the pressure. I mean, we're still the favorites. I mean, no, everybody knows the Blue Jackets are a clear underdog in the series. And 
Dylan, Barry tries to side with Grubauer. I mentioned this last week when I thought he was going to go with Holtby. I understand Grubauer. He won seven. He's the hot hand. He's the hot hand. I told you. But like I said, he has not played that many playoff games. He's only played three playoff games in his career, Dylan. He's only won one, and that was three seasons ago. So You're just upset that I look, predicted this correctly. So I need to play back the tape. <laughs> I need to put it everywhere I say I was the one who said Grubauer will start game one. why Grubauer was played. He's been, like you said, hot. He's won. He's done well the second half season. He deserves an opportunity. I understand why Barry Trotz made the move. But now you lost game one. Now, he's already said, Dylan, after this game that he has not decided who's going to be on game two. And my concern was going to say, the last thing we need is a distraction. Just pick a goalie and roll with it. Now that we lost, now we're panicking again. Now the Caps are, oh, the Caps we lost. Oh, we can't know we can't get past the second round. It's getting in their heads again. And he hasn't decided who's going to be game two. Now, I think at this point, Dylan, for game two, you have to go with Grubauer. Not all the goals he gave up was his fault. He made 23 saves. Those goals, it's, it's not all his fault. The last one, there's nothing he could do about it. Even if you put Hopi in that, he probably wasn't going to save that. So, you go with Grubauer in Game 2. The Caps, if we bounce back, you stick with him. But if we lose Game 2, you have no choice, Dylan. You have to go with Holpe, especially a two-time Vezina Trophy winner. You can't just leave him paying on the bench. What I found ironic, Dylan, was, and I read an article this morning, the Caps considered trading Grubauer after last season because they gave up Nate Schmidt in the draft, and the Vegas Golden Knights could have took Grubauer because he, he was not protected. The Vegas Golden Knights didn't take him. So, you legit have two starting goalies because Grubauer played 35 games this past season. Yeah. So you don't see too many teams with two starting goalies. And I think after the season, no matter how we our season ends, the Capitals will have to move one of them. Either Holpe or Grubauer has to go. Yeah. Has to get moved. Yeah. So well, we'll see what happens. But that'll be a story for another day. All I have to say is Dylan won JT zero. That's it. Well, to be fair, Mic drop. the Preds kind of had a scare with the Avalanche early on. They did, but I, I knew they'd, they'd turn it on at the end of the game. Um, Philip Forsberg, like I said, had a phenomenal performance, scored two goals in that game. There was some help by Austin Watson. Colton Sissons got the empty net goal. Um, just an all-around great effort by the Predators, and it was a team win. It was a huge team win. It motivated the fans. It was funny because uh, the Avalanche scored the first game, uh, this first goal in the game. And the announcers were talking about how, oh, it's always great to go into a, an away building and and quiet the crowd. Well, you listen to the game after they score that first goal. The crowd really did not get quiet at all. <laughs> they actually got pretty loud once again, very, very quickly. So, I mean, you know, that that arena is the main reason why the Predators are such a threat when it comes to the playoffs this year. Especially having home field home ice advantage throughout the entire playoffs, even if we get to the finals, throughout the entire playoffs this year, we will have home ice advantage. And it's because we were really, really good in the, in the uh, you know um, regular season when it comes to home games, when it comes to road games. But, I mean, our fans, man, they bring it every single night, every night we play. And last night we had Rascal Flatts sing the national anthem. Uh, it was just, it was a phenomenal night. Uh, great game by everybody. Well, one thing I will say about the Capitals is the last time we lost game one in a playoff game was 2014-15 season. We lost to the Islanders, and we came back and won that series in seven games. So it's not all over for the Capitals. But game two, we got to pick it up. Got Because all up. our goals in that game, when I watched the game this morning, were all power play goals. Ovechkin, no show. Backstrom, no show. Even though no surprise on that one. But 
We got to snap it out game two. So we'll see. But anyway, let's move on to more hockey news, Dylan. As Seattle, they're making plans for the expansion. They had the ticket drive, Dylan. They got like over 25,000 tickets sold. That's awesome. So I think it's fair to say that Seattle's going to get a team. They already named Todd Lewicki as the president of the team. So we'll see how that goes. The New York Rangers, they made a coaching change. They fired Elaine Vignol. First time Rangers did not make the playoffs after the 0-9-10 season. And the Rangers appeared, Dylan, have signed Ilya Kovalchuk from the KHL. Wow. Um, well, Ely Tolvanen actually has better stats than him in the KHL, but we're not going to discuss that. But yeah, three-year deal with the New York Rangers. They just signed. Uh, fantastic for uh, Kovachuk. I think that he's going to be a great player in the league. And I mean, it's Unless sad you're a Devils fan. Unless you're a Devils fan, which that's not going to be good for you um, in the next year. But I mean, the Devils, they're a young team too. They actually had a pretty scrappy game last night against the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, even though it doesn't look like it on the scoreboard. They actually did um, some good things in that game, so maybe they might try to build on to that in the next few games and, um, yeah, try to advance over the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is going to be a very, very hard feat in and of itself. And going into this series with a 1-0 lead for the Tampa Bay Lightning, that's not a good sign for the Devils. But, yeah, good job for the Rangers. Kovacuk's going to be a great player, and um, we'll see him for the next three years on the ice, so we'll see what happens there. And now... For JT's favorite segment of the week, it's JT's football recap of the week. And JT, the microphone's all yours. All right, guys. As always, out of bounds, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. And from our weekend recap, of course, the biggest news that happened this past week was Manchester United. They were down 2-0 against Man City and came back to win that game 3-2 to delay Man City's eventual title Premier League 1. They're going to win it if they win another game. So we'll see what happens. But it's been delayed for at least another week. The other big game that happened was the Madrid derby between Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid, and that finished in a 1-1 draw. For Orlando City, Dylan, they were down 2-0 against Portland Timbers this past Sunday, and around the 80th minute, Dylan, that team just went on fire, scoring three goals in like 10 minutes, and Orlando City came back to win that game 3-2, their second win of the season. Orlando City, they will play the Philadelphia Union tonight in Philadelphia. Orlando wow. Pride, they were off this week, but Orlando Pride, or this past week, I should say, but Orlando Pride will play on Sunday against the Portland Thorns. All right, Dylan, for my soccer news, Dylan, your boys, Nashville FC, they got another win this past weekend against the Charlotte Independents. So, so far, looking so good for your Nashville FC soccer team, Dylan. Uh, for the CONCACAF Champions League, Toronto FC, they did it. They are the first MLS team to beat two Mexican sides to make it to the final. They will take on Chivas in the final. First leg is on April 17th. Second leg will be on April 25th. For the Champions League, the champions, as we have a lot of big games, Man City got blown out by Liverpool in the second leg. Liverpool advanced to the, se- the next round. Barcelona, Dylan, they had a 3-0 aggregate lead against AS Roma. And they blew it. Roma won three goals, and they advanced on away goals, 4-4 in aggregate. Congrats to AS Roma, making history. And Messi, you're out the door. Bayern Munich, they beat Sevilla 2-1 on aggregate for them to advance. And, of course, Real Madrid, oh, man, that game against Juve. Oh, Juve came back 3-0 to tie, and then the ref gave a controversial penalty at the end of that game. And Cristiano Ronaldo converts for Real Madrid to advance to the semifinal. So for the draw, you got... Real Madrid and Bayern Munich in one semifinal and the other. It's AS Roma against Liverpool. Dylan, I think Liverpool and Real Madrid will be the two teams in the Champions League next month. All right, Dylan, 
As for games to watch this week, well, there's only one game you got to watch. It's our boys, Orlando City, which are on the Philadelphia Union tonight. And that will conclude, guys, my football recap of the week. On to one piece of miscellaneous news this week. Patrick Reed won the Masters this weekend. So Tiger Woods, he was nowhere to be found in this tournament. He actually ended the tournament like one under or something or even like he wasn't really good at, at all in this Lee in this uh, tournament. So hopefully next time he'll be able to pick it back up and pick up where he left off before the masters. But uh, Patrick Reed, congratulations on winning the golden jacket, uh, the green jacket, His first one, yep. <laughs> the golden green jacket, whatever <laughs> the green jacket. So congratulations to him. Now let's move on to winners and losers. JT, I will start with you first. All right, guys. Well, my winner this week is going to be UMBC. Yes, the basketball team a couple weeks ago last month, but the lacrosse team, they did it again. They beat the number one team in lacrosse, Albany, to advance the next round in the championship round for the lacrosse. So congrats to those guys making all the Golden Retrievers happy, Dylan, and like Airbud. Now, <laughs> my other winner is Andre Ingram. He played 10 years in the G League, got caught for the Lakers, and made his debut. He had a spectacular performance, got 19 points. So congrats to him. My loser is, well, one myself, because two weeks ago in our last on our episode, I mentioned that Columbia, Columbia beat France, but it was actually I said Columbus. So I owe a big apology to the nation of Columbia. But don't worry, Columbus, you want to roll with it. Hashtag save the crew. You can sell shirts. UCF, we're just promoting us here in the National Champs, even though we didn't win the National Championship. So it's okay. Mother loser is Giancarlo Stanton, because he's played, what, 10, 12 games so far as he's dealing? And he has five strikeouts in two games. Five. Or ten strikeouts in two games, Dylan. And the fans are booing him. Boo! So the fans booed him the first game, I believe. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not. It has not been a good start for his marriage with the New York Yankees, and um, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the season. But we'll see if he can get into his own and and start playing the way he was in Miami. Yeah, Dylan. Who are your winners and losers this week? My winner this week is Philip Forsberg with his performance last night to pro- uh, propel us to a win last night, a five-two victory over the Colorado Avalanche, and my loser this week is Colin Kaepernick for deciding not to end his protest yet, I guess, and so Seattle passed on him and now signed uh, free agent Stephen Morris instead, so um, hopefully Colin Kaepernick will find his way and see if he can get back in the NFL if he decides to um, not protest anymore, I guess. So let's move on to final thoughts, JT. Well, just a quick final thought. I just want to say with the NHL, what was crazy was we went through an enti- almost entire season, Dylan, without a coach getting fired, and then Lane Villon got fired. And then I just want to talk about the Miami Marlins real quick. Miami Marlins, you can't outdraw a, your double-A baseball team up in Jacksonville. You had, like, barely 6,000 fans, and the double-A team got more fans than you. What's going on, Miami? But that's my final thought. My Dylan, final thought goes out to the welcome homies. We won this past weekend a doubleheader. The first game, 15-4. Second game, 16-1. We are absolutely killing it this season. Hopefully we continue with that trend, and hopefully we continue with that going into the playoffs this year. So we'll see how we end up there. So thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can always listen to us on WBLZ Sports every Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. You can follow us on Facebook. It's Out of Bounds with Dylan James on Twitter, OOB Podcast. You can email me at Dylan DylanOutOfBoundsPodcast.com. You can email JT at JT at OutOfBoundsPodcast.com. Always email us with your comments your questions your feedback because we always want to make this show better for you and yeah that's pretty much all we got for this week jt anything else before we end the show today enjoy the sports hockey nba playoffs 
Great time, man. We have a lot of sports coming up. You definitely need to watch some of those. Hockey tonight, we have some good matchups. Uh, definitely watch the Pittsburgh game to see if they blow out um, the Philadelphia Flyers once again. Hopefully, Alice and Jake at work, they don't want that to happen, but uh, it might happen again. No, Jake told me, go Sixers. He, he said after three nights, he turned on the Sixers game. Uh, yeah, Alice is still hoping that all of this major sports teams in Philadelphia win championships. They're going to have all champ- championships for what this one year. are they, Boston now? Yeah, I guess so. So anyway, thanks for listening to the show this week, guys, and we will talk to you next week. Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderan from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball. Get you the ball. WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.